Just letting you know that there will be, uh, Jim's normal Sunday school class will be functioning as well uh, during that time, and so you'll be able to um, participate in that as well if you're not participating in the biblical finance principles class. So, hey, I just want to say I appreciate so much our church here. Um, I was just talking to Mike in the sound booth let, there as I was putting my microphone on this morning, and I just said, this is absolutely amazing. I mean, what God is doing in Watford City here, and uh, you know, when I introduce myself to people, and I don't know if many people know this or not, but I always introduce myself as Sheldon. Always. And um, some people have caught that over the years and said, man, why do you introduce yourself as Sheldon? And I said, well, the reason why I do that is because if you call me Pastor Sheldon, then you're doing that by your choice, that you are allowing me to speak into your life and giving me that place of honor. And as I walked from the front here, I shook hands with people, and each person said, Hey, Pastor Sheldon, it's great to see you today. And you know what? I think about it. It is such an honor, and I just want to thank you guys for appreciating myself and our staff here, but I really do want to return that as well. Uh, We have a fantastic church, and you guys are a wonderful congregation to serve, so thank you very much for being who you guys are. So I want to I pray this morning as we get started, and we're going to look to God's Word, and we're going to finish up our series on identity theft. So would you pray with me today? Heavenly Father, we come before you today, God. We understand clearly, Lord, that you have uh, the way, the truth, the life. God, that you have given it to us through your Son and your Spirit and your Word. So God, today we ask that you would help us as we look to your word to begin to decipher the things that you are speaking to us individually, and that God, we would be ready and prepared that our hearts would hear the things that you would speak to us this morning, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, well this week we're going to be finishing up our series on identity theft today, and our first Sunday, two weeks ago that we started this series on, we learned that we are not supposed to allow the enemy to steal your true identity. Last week, we talked about how we shouldn't allow others to steal our true identity. So this morning, we're going to be focusing on the greatest player in identity theft. And our focus point this morning is this. It is don't allow yourself to give away your true identity in Jesus Christ. Identity theft is becoming more and more common throughout our society in, in, uh, in today's times. Thieves use all kinds of tricks to try and secure personal information so that identities can be stolen. And in the good old days, people would try and steal your identity by going through your garbage, or they would do it online and different things like that. But there's actually a new technique, and it's not too new, but it, it's something that um, thieves use in order to steal your identity, and it's called phishing, P-H. I-S-H-I-N-G. What it is is that someone calls you, um, maybe a business or something like that, or they try and pretend that they're your bank, and what they do is these internet fraudsters impersonate someone else that you may trust and trick you into actually giving away your own personal information to them. Many times as Christians, the exact same thing happens. We actually forfeit our true identity that God has given us. The identity that God loves us so much that he's created us for a plan and a purpose. And we live not knowing who we really are. And we go through life not understanding that principle. And so life becomes cheap. And it's sad. 
You see, because here's a principle that you need to understand, is the way that you view yourself will determine your destiny. The way that you view yourself will determine your destiny and the direction of your life. You see, finding and living out your true identity is critical because people try and form their identity by what they do. A lot of people, if I asked you, so who are you? You would say, well, I'm a banker, or I'm an oil field worker, or I'm a teacher, or I'm a stay-at-home mom. And many people will say they form their identity by what they do rather than who they are. In the book of John, there's a passage that explains the process of walking in your true identity. You see, a lot of times people say what they do determines who they are. But the reality of the matter is, it's who you are truly determines what you do. So let's take our Bibles this morning. We're going to turn to the book of John, chapter 1. And I want to read this biblical principle. It's very short and very simple, but it's found in John, chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. And this talks about the true identity for each of you that God desires. But there are a few things that we need to do in order to discover this true identity that God has for us. So in John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13, it reads this way, and it'll be on the screen. This is from the New Living Translation. It says, But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn not in a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So this morning there's an equation found in verse 12 that I want us to look at today. And this is the equation. It is believe plus accept equals become. Believe plus accept equals become. So the first thing in order to take hold of your true identity, which is a child of God ultimately, The first thing that you need to understand is believe. The Bible says, to all who believe. If we were to walk up to most people in society right now, if you were to walk down the street and you would ask them, do you believe in God? A large portion of the people would say, well, yeah, I believe in God. I believe that there is a God. I'm not really sure who he is, or I'm not really sure if this book is even applicable to him. But yeah, I probably believe that there's some form of person in control of the universe in some weird sort of way, and they could give gods many different names and all of these kind of things. And so it gets a little bit skewed here because there are a lot of people that say, I believe that there is a God. But that's not what this scripture is talking about here. It's, it's drastically different. It takes more than just believing that God exists to be a child of God. It's more than, than just an existence type thing. You see, James even said, even the demons believe that God exists. Even the demons believe that, these, uh, that, that God is there. So it has to be more than just some figurative belief that, yeah, I think that there's a God up there, the big guy in the sky, and yeah, you know, I think that he might like me in some way or something like that. There's more to it than that in the belief. The believing is actually believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God that he was born of a virgin, that he lived a sinless life, and that he died on the cross. But not just factually, that he died on the cross for a purpose, and the purpose was very specific. In fact, the purpose was this. Jesus died on the cross for you. That's the belief that you have to have. You see, 
It's more than just this vague, I believe that God exists, but the fact that Jesus Christ came to this earth to die on the cross to purchase our freedom from sin, to set us free from sin and its penalty. In fact, Ephesians 1.7 says, He, referencing God, is so rich in kindness that he purchased our freedom through the blood of his Son, and our sins are forgiven. Believing also includes that Jesus didn't just factually die on the cross, but actually that he died for you and for me and paid the penalty for our sin. But it also is that we believe that Jesus Christ died and was placed in a grave and then three days later actually rose from the grave, overcoming sin, hell, and death completely. And Jesus' resurrection, believing that he came not only to die for our sin, but he is alive and well today. You see, believing is the believing that it's talking about in John three sixteen that many of you know about. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but will have everlasting life. So the first portion of the equation is believe. Believe that Jesus loved us so much that he died for each one of us. A personal relationship. John 1.12 goes on to say, but to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. So our equation says, believe plus accept. Believe plus accept. My question for you this morning, and probably the greatest question that I could ask you today, would be, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? You see, there's a portion of this equation that people try and leave out. They go to church because they believe, but they really never truly accept Jesus Christ and all he has to offer. In fact, Romans 6.23 says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It is a gift. Remember John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he did what? He gave This is where the acceptance comes in, guys. Accepting this gift happens when we humbly come to God, admitting that we are sinful and asking God's forgiveness and then choosing to accept the gift that he has given us. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sin to Jesus, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sin and purify us from all unrighteousness. That means that God just waits. He has provided it. He died on the cross for each person in this room and loves them desperately. And he has provided a gift to everyone in this room. And many people come to the believe portion of this scripture and they say, well, I believe that all of these things are true. I believe that Jesus came. I believe that Jesus died. I believe in all of these things. And they go through a ritualistic routine of religion never coming to the second portion of the gift that is laid out for them and accepting it for themselves personally. You see, the equation here says, believe plus accept. I remember one Sunday just recently in the New Sanctuary here, we had an opportunity for people to come to know Jesus. And they wanted to surrender their life to Jesus Christ. And and I came and I asked people to come forward and I wanted to talk to them personally and pray with them. And there was a lady that came up to me and she said these words. I thought it was so interesting and so amazing all at once. She said, Pastor Sheldon, I want to accept your offer. I thought, man, isn't that what it's all about? 
We both smiled at each other. She's like, I want to accept your offer. And what I thought to myself was, man, isn't that what God is waiting for all of us to say to him? All of us that we would come humbly and say, God, listen, I'm so sinful. I've done all the things wrong that could possibly happen. I'm just a wicked person in myself. But God, you have provided this incredible gift for each of us. And God, today, I want to accept your offer. I want to accept your offer. And then it says, and this is where the identity part comes in. It says, accept plus, or accept plus, or excuse me, we've got to start at the beginning. Believe plus accept equals become. This is where the identity portion comes in. You see, remember today's main point? Don't allow yourself to give up your true identity. You see, if we give up our true identity, we become insecure. We struggle with approval and acceptance. We look to unhealthy relationships. We allow others to determine our identity. We start to believe that, that we, what we do is actually who we are. We even begin to believe the lies of the enemy that we're worthless and, and that God doesn't love us for some reason. But when a person believes and accepts, the Bible says that they become a child of God. They become a child of God. Pastor Mike Bro, I've referenced him many times in his book, uh, Identity Theft, and this is a great quote this morning in this Becoming a Child of God. It says, if we children would listen to our father and begin to really grasp his love for us, then our insecurity levels would go way down and our confidence in Christ would go way up. Our hunger for approval and acceptance would be satisfied and our behavior would begin to reflect our mind, what our minds know to be true. Define yourself as a person who is radically loved by God. This is your true self. Any other identity is just an illusion. Any other identity that you have is just simply an illusion. You were created for a purpose. Each person in this room created to be a child of God. But the question is, will you believe that God did this for you? Will you accept it into your life? And will you become what God wanted you to become? Once you become, everything changes. See, this is the exciting part because many times we think that once we become, then we've arrived. Then we're perfect. Then everybody's looking to us because, yeah, we've become. But it's really not that simple. You see, many times people think or they struggle with the fact that when they become a child of God, then they won't struggle with sin any longer. But I want you to understand something very clearly is that the temptation of sin will be here until the day that you breathe your last breath. That is just something that we will struggle with our entire lives. And it will always be there until the day that Jesus takes us home to be with him. You see, the truth of the matter is, is that each of us are susceptible to sin's trap. And just because we're a child of God doesn't negate that fact. But this is the game changer. You see, when a person believes and accepts, they become. They become a child of God. And Galatians 4, 7 says that you are no longer slaves, but you are children of God. So when we fall into sin, and that happens, God comes to us differently as a child of him. 
And this is where I want you to grasp what we're talking about this morning. You see, many times in our lives as Christians, if I can just for a minute talk to Christians for a moment, that if you're here this morning and you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you are a child of God, see, many times as Christians, when we do something wrong and, and we feel like, man, I've, I've done something wrong, we hear this voice and it says, you're not supposed to do that anymore. How many have ever heard that voice before? Yeah, lots of people. You're not supposed to do that anymore. You're not supposed to do that anymore. And you know what? When I first really, really, was, at first, when I was struggling through all of this and trying to figure out my identity in Christ and all of these kind of things, I, I really struggled with that, with that. Whenever I would fall, whenever I would sin, whenever I would come up short, I'd always think to myself, you're not supposed to do that anymore. It was interesting that I didn't realize whose voice it actually was. A lot of times I thought it was God speaking to me. But you know what? A large portion of the time, and I found out this, and I'll share it with you in just a moment, but I found out that a lot of times it was me saying that. You're not supposed to do that anymore. And there were other times when there was someone the Bible describes as the accuser, the enemy that would sneak and he would say into my ear, he would say, Sheldon, you're not supposed to do that anymore. And he would say it in a way that was demeaning. He would say it in a way that was, would make me feel rotten and, and not want to go towards God. He would say, you're not supposed to do that anymore. And here's the thing, guys, that when I found my true identity in Jesus Christ, and that was a growing process in my life, when I found my true identity in Jesus Christ and came to the realization about how much God loves me and how great his plan is for my life, and I want to surrender to that plan, and in that moment, I, I started to, to hear a different voice when I would sin, a different impression upon my heart. You see, when I would stumble and I would fall, uh, I was waiting for that voice would say, you're not supposed to do that anymore. And I was waiting for that voice. But then I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit that said something drastically different. And it said this. It said, Sheldon, that's not who you are anymore. See the difference? That's not who you are anymore. You see, guys, the, the difference here is the accuser, uh, the, the devil, he, sa- he says these things. He speaks them into your mind. You even speak them over yourself. You're not supposed to do that anymore. You're not supposed to do that anymore. And God is simply saying, listen, when you accept my true identity for your life, when you're walking in the things that I want you to walk in, and, and you stumble and you fall, God simply says, that's not who you are anymore. You see, guys, it's not about what you do. It's about who you are. It's about who you are. Who you are in Jesus Christ. And you know what, guys? This was something that I struggled with for a long, long time in my Christian life trying to grasp who I was. And a lot of times I was on this side of the fence. I need to do better. I need to do better. I need to do more. I need to do more. But you know how freeing it is to walk over here and come to the realization that, that God passionately loves you and a great plan and a purpose for your life and what you need to do is accept your true identity that God has laid out for you? 
You see, this morning, we're going to celebrate communion together. And communion is a great celebration of God's gift of salvation to us. But before we celebrate communion this morning, I want to again have an opportunity for people to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. You see, I think there are a lot of people in this room this morning that you would believe, and that's probably why you're here. You believe that there's a God, you believe all of these things that maybe you believe, but have you really taken the second step? Believe plus accept equals a child of God. You've maybe never had the opportunity to be born again, to accept the gift of salvation and become a child of God, to change your true identity. See, one time I was sitting with a guy in my office and we were talking. He said, you know what, Pastor Sheldon? He says, Pastor Sheldon, I'm a Christian. I'm just not born again. I said, wow, that's an interesting concept. But now I understand what he was saying. He was saying, Pastor Sheldon, I believe I've just never really accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord. I believe, I go to church, I go through all the motions, I'm a good person, I believe, but I've never accepted my true identity in Jesus Christ. So this morning, I want to ask a question that if there's any person in this room that you say, you know what, Pastor Sheldon, today I would like to believe and I would like to accept the gift that God has outstretched for me this morning. I want to come humbly before God and believe and accept and become a child of God. The scripture says, one more time, but to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? You know what? Last week we had an opportunity for people to accept Christ, and I'm just going to come to the floor for just a minute so I can see a little bit better. But this morning, I don't know where you're at. You know what? Today is a great day. It's a great day of celebration, and we're going to celebrate today with communion. We're going to celebrate in just a moment. But you know what? I want to ask you today are you struggling in your identity, your spiritual identity? Are you struggling about the plan and the purpose that God has for your life? Are you deviating from that plan and going and doing your own thing and and running your own way? And, And maybe you've come to the place of believing, but the reality of it is you've never truly accepted the gift that God has for you. You know what, if you're here this morning, I just like everyone's head bowed and everyone's eyes closed in this just in this moment. I just like you to begin to look in your own heart where you're at with God. You know what, maybe you're here this morning and you'd say, Pastor Sheldon, you know what, I've believed, but I just have never really accepted. I want to become what you're talking about here. I want to accept what God has for my life. I want to accept salvation that Jesus died on the cross and rose again for me. I want to accept that. Is there anyone in this room that you would be brave enough to just say, Pastor Sheldon, that's me, and you want to raise your hand? I'm not going to embarrass you or anything like that. I'm just going to pray for you. Thank you, ma'am, at the back. Yes, another one, two, three, in the middle section here. Anyone else today? You want to say, yes, at the back, I see that. Yep, over here on the side. Thank you, thank you, thank you. At the very back, thank you. You can put your hand down once you've raised it. Is there anyone else? Anyone else today? 
I think there's probably somebody in this room that is thinking to themselves right now, I've gone too far and I've done too much and God can never love a person like me. I want you to understand that God desperately loves you in this moment regardless of what you've done because it's not about what you've done, it's about who you are and you have intrinsic value today. Is there anyone here, just five more seconds, that you would raise your hand and say, Pastor Sheldon, I want to accept that gift that God has for me today. Praise you, Lord. We're going to pray together as a congregation, as the worship team can come and prepare themselves for communion. But this morning, could you pray with me in this moment right now? I'm going to ask the congregation to pray along with me. And if you raised your hand today responding to the gospel today, the good news of Jesus Christ, that you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you pray this prayer along with me, along with the congregation? And it would go something like this. Would you repeat after me? Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you came to this earth to die on the cross for me. Please forgive me for going my own way and doing my own thing, which is called sin. God, today I accept the gift that you have given to me of Jesus dying on the cross. And from this moment on, I want to live in my true identity as a child of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> People are trying to do that clapping thing again. <laughs> Guys, this morning we're going we're gonna to have our, our ushers at this time. They're going to distribute communion. And I want you to understand at our church here at Wofford City Assembly of God, we celebrate what is called open communion. That means you don't have to be a member of our church or anything like that. But we do ask one thing. We just ask that you would simply have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That at some point in your life, you have believed that you have accepted and that you're a child of God. So this morning, our men are going to begin to pass out the elements. We'd ask that you would hold the juice and the the bread together and just hold those things until we come back. Our worship team is going to sing a song, and we're going to worship together, and then we're going to take those elements at the same time. So if you could just hold those until we're ready. We want to make sure that everyone in the room has, has been served today. In our new sanctuary, it's difficult to make sure that everyone's been served. If you haven't been served and you'd like to be, why don't you just raise your hand and give a wave, and our, our ushers will come and get you and give you some communion this morning. praise the one who paid my debt as a pastor I don't really understand what it is about communion that that really flips a switch in people's hearts other than one thing What it does for me it simply reminds me where I was and encourage me of where I'm going. So I don't know where you've been, 
But I do know that Jesus Christ died on the cross, set us free from all the penalty of sin and death so that I could know where I'm going. That my life is completely and utterly devoted to him. And that's why I'm thankful for Jesus dying on the cross for me. And each time that we celebrate communion as a church, I just, there's that overwhelming sense of thankfulness and praise and, and just loving Jesus. And so this morning, if you would allow those emotions and everything to just spill out and just be thankful, just be so thankful that Jesus died on the cross for you. The scripture tells us, from the night, or for I pass on to you what I received, the Lord himself, on the night he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and he gave thanks for it. And then he broke it into pieces and said, this is my body, which was given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's partake of the bread this morning. In the same way he took a cup of wine after supper saying this cup is the new covenant between God and his people an agreement confirmed with my blood do this to remember me as often as you drink it let's partake together I'd ask as a congregation this morning, if you would stand. Could I have our worship team? Could we sing that song one more time just in worship to the Lord? Don't have our communion in our hands. I'd encourage you this morning, just allow the presence of God to fill your heart today. And then Pastor Chad will close us in prayer after our song is done. Praise God. Thank you for this incredible morning. What an incredible day. What an incredible opportunity. And we celebrate what you did in our lives. Well, praise the one who paid for my debt. I give you all the honor, all the glory. God, as we walk from this place, as I walk from this place, I walk with a new life, a fresh life, a life made in you and you alone. And I find my identity in what you have made me. I thank you for that. And I hold strongly onto you. In your name we pray. Amen. Love you, church. Have a blessed Sunday.